0: To help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Boy, has it been a week. My family spent an entire week together renovating a new vacation home that we recently purchased. We have painted every surface. We've spent days. My husband and I have actually spent over 13 days working on the house, but this week... The girls were out of school and they joined us and we painted and we changed light fixtures and switches and fans and uh, all kinds of things on the house. We painted every surface. The girls were a huge help. It was such a joy to work with them and they did it with such a great attitude. Uh, It's all going to be worth it in the end. I can't wait to sit on my screen porch. Uh, My husband's going to install a Live Edge Cypress bar so I can... Put my laptop on it and write the podcast while gazing at the lake, and I cannot wait. But the reason I even mention it is because this is the first episode to come out on a Tuesday instead of a Monday. Sorry about that. Um, there's no way to record at the lake. There wasn't really any time anyway, and uh, we didn't get get home until after midnight on Monday morning. And you, you'd think I'd be ahead. I just came off of a four week sabbatical, but alas, I am not and i also mention it because i did a lot a lot a lot of sanding and painting and uh therefore i did a lot of pondering and praying and it was very meaningful and it was a very therapeutic week for me you were prayed for my listeners that god's word would come alive to you that you would know what it says for yourself so that as you sit under teachers and pastors you can have discernment and so that when you sit on your own you'll have the tools that you need to go deeper i've prayed for so many friends and loved ones over and over again with every door and every door frame and every baseboard i painted i i know i should do that more often you know i know that it was a very very meaningful time and I was able to ponder the love of God inspired by our song this week. Chris Tomlin's song, Nobody Loves Me Like You, was a request by my listener Leanne. And it's true, nobody loves us like God does. So let's back it up by scripture. But first, let's listen. Nobody loves me like you love The Bible is full of ways that God loves us. Scriptures talk about God's love. Songs and Psalms talk about God's love. But I chose to explore 1 John because it talks about the way God loves us, uh, the way that I pondered most while I was sanding and sanding and sanding all those doors. Well, first of all, the Bible interaction tool exercise I used this week was to read 1 John and In several translations, Uh, I call my Bible interaction tool exercises BITES for short. They help my time in God's word to be effective and to be varied. And they are not rocket science. They're very simple. So I share these BITES with you so that you can incorporate them into your study time as well. And I love the BITE of reading in several translations, because it helps me take maybe a familiar passage of scripture that I am used to reading in a certain translation and seeing it in a new light. Uh, If you don't choose to read in several translations, I suggest at a minimum that you choose a translation that you're not familiar with for that very reason. It'll help you see it in a new light. Uh, another reason why you would read in a variety of translations is because sometimes they'll use different words. We're going to run into that. I'll explain that a little bit more later. Uh, but you'll, they'll use different words that maybe you can understand it better in one translation without diving into the Greek and Hebrew and things like that that might be a little bit um, above your pay grade. <laughs> I also use the bite of reading in context, and for this week, there is no reason why you can't read the entire letter. I mean, it's only five chapters, and I often remind you that you would not read a letter from a friend one sentence at a time, right? And yet we read the epistles, which, by the way, if you ever wondered what epistle means, it's just a fancy word for letter, Uh, but we read the epistles that way. We grab a verse or two, read a devotional, and go on our way and we don't read the whole thing at once like we would read a letter from a friend. Now my purpose is to challenge you to reach for more and then to give you those tools that you need to give it a try. Uh, my list, my list of bites, is not exhaustive by any means. I learn new uh, ways all the time through what I read or through conferences or even just conversations with friends. Uh, but I've actually created a free resource that you uh, that you can grab on my website. If you go to com, the resource is just a one-page uh, resource of my top five bites, and I detail with detailed descriptions, and then I tell you how to use them. So grab that over at com. Now, let's head over to First John. Now, once you've read it at least once all the way through, then you can join me in considering this small section of First John that we're going to talk about today. And like I said, the entire book is a great read. It actually mentions the word love 46 times. But our song says that nobody loves us like God does, And boy, is that true. Listen to this. This is going to be our theme verse for today. It says, this is the embodiment of true love. Not that we have loved God first, but that he loved us and sent his unique son on a special mission to become an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Uh, Oh, and I forgot to mention that I chose to read 1 John in the voice translation. I actually accessed that through the Bible Gateway app. I uh, know it's also available online at BibleGateway.com, and so the the voice is a modern language, dynamic equivalent translation. All right, what does that mean? Well, dynamic equivalent is a method of Bible translation that seeks to reproduce that original text. Remember, I said it's it's written in Greek or Hebrew of Scripture, and use it, use modern language and expression to communicate the message of the Bible. So. It's going to read in a way and use phrasing in a way that we talk now. All right. What it does mean, though, is that it's not a word for word translation, but rather it does seek to stay true to the meaning and context of the original text, but using phrasing that we would understand today. I don't always read in dynamic equivalent translations. I rarely study in them, but sometimes it's good to read it in a new way. And again, that's the value of using the bite of reading in a variety of translations. So I want to give this as a specific example. Let's take our verse, for instance. I'm going to read it again in the voice translation. This is this is 1 John 4.10. This is the embodiment of true love. Not that we have loved God first, but that he loved us and sent his unique son on a special mission to become an atoning sacrifice for our sins. All right, so. Here it is in the NIV, the New International Version. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Okay. Or in the English Standard Version, that's my study translation of choice. It says, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Okay. Now. Propitiation's a big word. That's also in the King James Version as well. It's a good word, uh, but it might just be unfamiliar enough for you to to just to give up and to put your Bible down. You might not even know what an atoning sacrifice is. And, and a lot of time, and that's okay. I just want you to, I want you to wrestle with the hard stuff, uh, but don't put it down. Choose to wrestle, okay? It's worth it to do some heavy lifting. Maybe it will inspire you to study even further to truly understand this love that is so unique, right? It's so unique that it's the kind of love that is a defining love. It's almost like John is saying, you know what? If you look up love in Webster's Dictionary, you will see this. You will see God loving us and sending us his son to bear the wrath that sin deserves, which is what propitiation or atoning sacrifice is. So I really want to consider this a bit. What kind of love is that? Why is it so unique? Why is it so profound? Because it is true. Nobody loves us the way God does. So let's stop and consider at least a few of the details that we see just in this small section. Well, so first, we're going to have to back up and read it in context of at least the immediate verses around it. Of course, you're going to start by reading the entire letter, right? But for our purposes today, we're going to start in um, chapter 4, verse 7 says, my loved ones, let us devote ourselves to loving one another. Love comes straight from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and truly knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Because of this, the son, the love of God is a reality among us. God sent his only son. And this is because of this, the love of God is a reality among, of, among us, colon, The This is coming after the colon. God sent his only son into the world so that we could find true life through him. This is the embodiment of true love. Not that we have loved God first, but that he loved us and sent his unique son on a special mission to become an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So, my loved ones, if God loved us so sacrificially, surely we should love one another. No one has ever seen God with human eyes, but if we love one another, God truly lives in us. Consequently, God's love has accomplished its mission among us. All right, let's hop back to our defining verse. This is the embodiment of true love. So what is the embodiment of true love? Not that we've loved God first, but that he loved us and sent his unique son on a special mission to become an atoning sacrifice for our sins. First off, who loved who first? God loved us first. This is significant. If you get nothing else out of today's podcast, get this. God loved you first. Ephesians chapter 1 says it this way. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. We didn't go seeking him first. He sought after us and he chose us. I don't love like that. Do you? I don't look out on people in my life and say to myself, I'm going to choose to love that person. You know, normally my love grows over time and it's directly impacted by whether or not they may love me back. But what else do you see here? Well, in in the translation I read, I see that God's love is a sacrificial love, the kind of sacrificial love that would give of himself, his only son. You remember hearing that, right? In John 3 16, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Even Jesus reminds us in John 15 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And and that's just what he did. Am I willing to do this? Am I willing to give of myself that sacrificially? I'm often unwilling to rearrange my schedule for friends, much less lay down my life. Nope, no n- nobody loves me like he does. And in verse 12, I see uh, that it is an accomplishing love. It says, consequently, God's love has accomplished its mission among us. So his love has a purpose, a mission, and it has achieved that purpose. But as we consider God's love for us, especially as we read it in this context, we can't help but come away with our so what, right? So sometimes we learn things about God that may be interesting to know, but we're not really sure how knowing it impacts our daily lives. But not this. John makes it clear from the get-go. We are to devote ourselves to loving one another. Because nobody loves us like God loves us. We should love others Like nobody loves others. Now, Wayne Grudem lists love as an attribute of God that we can display. Okay, Wayne Grudem has um, Systematic Theology is the book I've recommended a few times. It is a resource book. I bought it on Kindle so that I could search easily. If you buy the hardback, it's fat and heavy and um, I, it's not one of those books that you read from cover to cover. But he says that God's love means that God eternally gives of himself to others. This definition understands love as self-giving for the benefit of others. It is God's nature to give part of himself in order to bring about good or blessing for others. Okay, So out of the overflow of his love in himself, God has given sacrificially of himself to choose us, to love us, and to give of himself for our salvation. That is the example we should follow in loving others. I mean, those are some big shoes to fill. So why do we keep trying to define love as receiving when it's obvious that God has defined it in his word and through the life and sacrifice of the son as giving. John makes this statement. God sent his only son into the world so that we could find true life through him. But he says that is why the love of God is a reality among us. So he has defined it and displayed it and we are to repeat it. In verse 11, so my loved ones, if God loved us so sacrificially, surely we should love one another. So yes, it is a song for us to sing, right? That's, that's the phrase that Chris Tomlin uses in the song, uh, Nobody Loves Me Like You. Uh, It's a song for us to sing of his love. It's a love for us to ponder. We have barely scratched the surface, but we can't stop there. It is not defined and displayed for us to merely marvel and worship. Yes, we are to marvel and worship. Yes, but, but we're not to stop there. We are to live it out. So how? How can we love like that? Well, keep reading. Verse 13. How can we be sure that he truly lives in us and that we truly live in him? By one fact, he has given us his spirit. So it's not a matter of willpower and just effort on our part to love other people that way. It is through the power of the spirit that we are enabled to love in this manner. And as a side note, I, I know I know that you have not always been loved like this by the people in your lives. In fact, they may have loved you in exactly the opposite way. Remember, they want to receive rather than give. And many times we are surrounded by people who don't love us in a sacrificial, loving sort of way. They may have been unable to display that kind of love. They may have been unwilling to display the, the love that they demanded from you even. Perhaps they asked for great sacrifice from you and did not wholly give of themselves in return. It's true. Nobody loves us like God does. And while all of that is true, and I know it's true because it's been true for me and my friends that I've spoken with, I often spend way too much time thinking of that, wishing that they would love me this way, wishing that they would display this kind of love. And yet I don't spend an equal amount of time pondering how I can display this unique love God calls us to show others. So what's next? Well, read all of 1 John in a translation you are not familiar with. Focus in on the unique love God has for us and meditate on what that means for our lives. How would your life look look, uh, different if you devoted yourself to displaying the kind of love God has modeled for us? And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at com. Hop on Twitter at MichelleNizat or Instagram at MichelleNizat or on Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page, and we can talk about what you're learning there. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank all my new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Carol from Indiana, Aaron from Texas, Amber from Michigan, Teresa from Georgia, Michael from Texas, Bethany from North Carolina, Cecilia from Florida, Rachel from the Philippines, Janine from Georgia, and Iris from Georgia. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from that one-page resource I talked about of my top five bytes that I've used on the podcast. It is a great place to start. And subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop. You can even print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to Michelleneesat.com to subscribe today. Have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? This not only encourages me, of course, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners and gives me some credibility out there. So as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like this girl who writes, I love this podcast so much. I always learn things I've never even thought of. And it's all Bible. Such a great way to tie in modern music with the Bible, which is still relevant and full of truth all of these years later. Thank you for this wonderful show, Michelle. Well, thank you. And don't you love it? Just something new every day. The Bible is so fun. All right. Of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. We are also on Joy 103.1 every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. And you can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Defender by Francesca Battistelli. This was a request by my listener, Sonny. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 264. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's Word and consider His ways.